The Carcerate is a nonprofit group working to end mass incarceration in Arkansas. Zachary Crow, the organization's executive director, will speak this upcoming weekend in Fayetteville as part of the McMichael Lecture Series at St. Paul's Episcopal Church. Saturday night, he'll deliver the address, Burn It Down, the Past, Present, and Future of the Criminal Injustice System in Arkansas. Sunday morning, his talk is titled, Imagining a Future, a Conversation on Transformative Justice. Last week, we reached him by phone, and he told us that to understand the present and possible future of incarceration in Arkansas, he thinks it's necessary to understand the past. You know, I'm working right now on authoring a book about the history of prisons in Arkansas. Um, And, you know, part of what I've come to know is that folks generally think, thanks to, um, you know, prominent voices like Michelle Alexander and Brian Stevenson and have a general sense of of how we got here, um, things like the war on drugs and these sort of big uh, ways that the prison population has exploded uh, since the 60s. Um, but we don't have a very strong understanding of, of a localized history, like, like what, what Arkansas looked like in these moments. Uh, and I think that's really important. If we're, if we're going to do the work in a particular place, we have to understand the history of that place. Um, and so we're going to we're going to really, you know, start by talking about um, the present, um, talk about the the problems, uh, the, the current realities that we're facing. We're going to dive back into uh, some of the history of uh, prisons in Arkansas and how we got here. And then we're going to turn to the future, which which is really rooted in Dr. King's question, where do we go from here? What what are some of the biggest challenges that face a future or obtaining a future without mass incarceration? You know, it 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 requires collective imagination, right? Um, and that's difficult for us sometimes. Um, I think what uh, I think our society has turned to prison as a single answer to lots and lots of different kinds of harm. Um, and I don't think one, one institution can solve all of those problems. Uh, and so I think the way, the only way out of this mess, uh, is by looking at lots and lots of solutions that address, uh, lots of different kinds of harm. So, uh, a world without mass incarceration looks like a world that takes seriously uh, free and affordable housing. It's a world that takes seriously um, things like uh, mental health care, um, takes seriously um, uh, creating uh, systems and institutions that um, take care of folks. So, um, you know, during the talk, we're going to we're going to look at what it means to dismantle the system. But then what do we have to build uh, in place of the current system? Uh, how do we address uh, the harm uh, that's caused by by violence um, uh, in a way that doesn't perpetuate more harm? Uh, and, and that's what really what we're we're looking to do. You mentioned that 
we as a as a population can sometimes have challenges with collective imagination and 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 when you're talking about housing and mental health and justice these are big complicated issues is there a key to not becoming overwhelmed and when you talk to people that you're trying to discuss a future without mass incarceration is there a key to to make it um uh realistic in their minds if you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know that there's a specific roadmap. Um, there's not sort of uh, a silver uh, bullet, or at least not one that I have. There are some tent poles that I think help, help get us there and move us in the right direction. Uh, and so we'll talk about some of those, um, you know, during the time that uh, I'm in Fayetteville. Um, you know, I, I think there are some principles that help us to start imagining um, how we get there. Um, you know, for me, um, you know, I find hope uh, in the fact that people are already doing this work um, in small ways. Um, folks are already figuring out how, uh, how to keep one another safe, uh, how to keep... Um, protecting one another, um, and building, uh, you know, systems within, uh, their own community that, that keep one another safe and, uh, limit the harm that's done, uh, in these places. And so, you know, for me, uh, you know, hope is hard, but I have it and I have it because, um, I see folks doing the work. Um, yeah. There are populations, I think we all know, but there are populations that are um, disproportionately uh, affected by mass incarceration, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and so certainly, you know, people of color, uh, as well as poor folks, um, yeah, would be the largest, uh, you know, two that come to mind. But, um, you know, this is, uh, yeah, I mean, we... uh, um, I, I think when we talk about um, these systems, we have to talk about um, we have to talk about the roots, and we have to talk about um, sort of where all of this emerges from. Uh, and what we know is that prison operates by and large as an extension uh, of slavery. Uh, that prison. Uh, from its very beginning uh, across the country and here in Arkansas um, was tied to profiting from the labor of uh, people of color and poor folks. Um, And so, you know, today um, we see uh, people of color and and poor folks uh, disproportionately uh, harmed by incarceration. And we know that goes back to the very beginning. You're up to, to to end mass incarceration. You're up against some institutions. I mean, prisons themselves are institutions, but just sort of institutional thinking. This won't happen overnight. But are you optimistic? You mentioned there were people doing work now. Are you optimistic things are maybe slightly even changing now? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I I think um, I think we are um, seeing a shift, you know, even in the last decade, 
uh, around uh, a deeper understanding of of our present state and a, a deeper understanding that something has to change. Um, you know, and and I've been comforted to to see um, that there are folks on both sides of the aisle beginning to have these conversations. Uh, now, you know, I think as far as the tactics of how we how we, you know, solve this problem or how we work to a, a new reality, you know, those can be um, debated and should be debated. Um, you know, we may have different opinions about that, but at the very least, um, there are folks, I think, whose eyes are opened in a way that they weren't uh, 10 years ago. Um, and, and I think that's a really good sign. How important are elements like rethinking the bail system or the decriminalization of marijuana? Do they do they lead into this conversation as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and so I would say we'll talk about this a little bit in the talk, but you know, I would say there's sort of three, um, if not steps, pillars to this conversation, um, which would be moratorium. Uh, right, no new jails, no new prisons, um, halting the expansion of this uh, of the carceral state, and folks, uh, folks there in Washington County have an opportunity to join in this work as folks on the ground are attempting to uh, once again attempting to halt uh, the expansion of the Washington County Jail. Right, and so the first pillar I would point to is, is moratorium. Let's not make this thing any bigger. Uh, the second is decarceration, right? Like, let's get more people out of prison. Uh, and that certainly includes things like um, bail reform, sentencing reform, uh, decriminalizing um, drug uh, offenses or decriminalizing um, drugs. Um, and then the third pillar I would point to um, is around... Um, Diversion, or what folks might call excarceration, creating systems um, systems uh, that function outside of uh, of of the of the institution of prison. So, what are ways that we can fund housing and think about the funding of housing as an alternative to prison? Uh, and so, um, you know, for me, I, I think this is. Uh, we, we didn't get here uh, overnight, and it's going to take a lot of uh, work and a lot of uh, different kinds of tactics to get us out of it. So uh, I would certainly support the things you referenced in your question, but, um, you know, there there's lots of, of work to do, and, and I think that requires lots of different strategies and lots of different work from lots of different people. If we set aside for just a moment the human question, the, the humanity in all of this, and just talk financial, does it make financial sense to end mass incarceration? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have the most current um, figure in front of me, but um, we, I think, spend... Oh gosh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give a number. Uh, I would mess it up, but an exorbitant amount of money, billions and billions of dollars um, across the the nation in uh, uh, locking people up, uh, the infrastructure that keeps people in cages, 
Um, and so, you know, in a state, particularly in the South, um, you know, when we look at Arkansas's budget in particular, um, a, a huge portion of our state budget goes towards uh, keeping people locked up. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, I, I know some folks who, um, you know, talk a lot about cutting taxes and I, uh, uh, you know, they don't get where they want to go without uh, addressing the state budget and folks who want to see funding for things like public education and all these other uh, social goods, we don't get there unless we address the state budget either. And so I, um, I, I think, I think we have to look, um, at, um, how we're spending money, uh, and how much money we're spending on these institutions. Uh, I would say budgets are moral documents and, uh, we have to start there. Finally, is there is there a place either domestically or internationally we can look for an example of of what uh, we might want to strive for post mass incarceration? You know, I, I don't know of a society that has uh, has gotten rid of prisons. Um, I, I think that's um, you know, so I don't know that I have a specific um, uh, you know sort of. Uh, prime example of where uh, we hope to be heading. But there are, there are lots of places. Um, I mean, most places other than the U.S. are doing a significantly better job of addressing things like gun violence, addressing um, the, uh, you know, dependence on drugs, um, addressing um, uh, health care and housing, all these things that uh, become criminalized and uh, lead to an increase in the number of people in prison. Um, you know, there are um, places who, um, you know, do most of these things better than we do here um, and have found ways of addressing societal harm that, um, you know, doesn't require locking people up. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's the great myth that we've been socialized to believe that prisons somehow deter crime and somehow keep us safe. And it's just not true. Zachary Crow is the executive director of Decarcerate and will offer two talks at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Fayetteville this upcoming weekend. Saturday night's lecture, Burn It Down, the Past, Present and Future of the Criminal Injustice System in Arkansas, will be at the church on East Avenue beginning at 7. There is a reception that evening at 6. Sunday morning's talk, Imagining a Future, a conversation on transformative justice begins at the church at 10 a.m. He spoke with us last week.